Chat with Traders is sponsored by Trade the Pool. Are concerns about limited buying power, insufficient capital, or fear of losing your own money preventing you from advancing your trading capabilities? Trade the Pool is an online stock trading prop firm that offers funding for stock traders. Demonstrate your skills, trade their capital, and keep your profits. You can engage in intraday trading and now swing trading on Trade the Pool with any U.S. stock or ETF. The procedure is straightforward. Pay an evaluation fee, successfully complete the evaluation, and get funded. Visit tradethepool.com forward slash chat to learn more. You've seen the headlines. Bonds are making a comeback. But if you've ever tried to invest in bonds, you know what a clunky, complicated, broken experience it can be. That's why at Public, they took fixed income and fixed it. Now you can find, evaluate, and buy thousands of bonds with an investing experience designed this century. Add fixed income to your portfolio with corporate, treasury, and municipal bonds. Go to public.com forward slash bonds podcast to get started. This podcast is sponsored by Public. Full disclosures can be found at public.com forward slash bonds. Markets, speculation, and risk. This is the Chat with Traders podcast, hosted by Aaron Fifield. Ladies and gents, welcome to Chat with Traders podcast. This episode, uh, it's a little experimental. It takes on a slightly different format to normal. I'll explain. This episode is essentially a response to an email which I received from a listener a little while ago. I read the email out in full during this episode, but just to summarize right now, this gentleman is 38 years old with a full-time job in banking. His wife is currently studying and he has three kids. He also has the goal to transition out of his current career into full-time trading. But as I just mentioned, he has a family who are dependent on his income. And that's the part uh, he has questions about. So I asked my buddy Alex, aka at Tagger Trades on Twitter, if he'd be willing to join me for this episode and share his thoughts. Alex is a full-time day trader who has developed skill for trading alongside momentum in US equities. He's also appeared previously on episodes 119 and episode 157. And it would be well worth your time to go back and listen to those if you haven't already. Now, just a couple of things to preface this episode. Uh, Given the subject, this episode is targeted towards entry-level traders. The more advanced traders out there, you're probably not going to get much useful from this one. And, you know, while listening back to this episode, I actually thought of a bunch of other things we probably could have mentioned, but I guess the main points we do address were those specifically asked about in the email. You can also find a key point summary of what we discussed in the show notes at chatwithtraders.com slash 176. And if you'd be interested to hear more episodes like this one, you know, with a similar format answering listener questions, I'd like to hear your thoughts. Maybe hit me up on Twitter at chatwithtraders. Finally, the content of this episode is not to be treated as advice. These are general thoughts only and you are responsible for your own decisions. Here we go, folks. Please welcome, once again, Alex. How you been, man? Um, we haven't spoken in a little while. I know. I've been, I've been in the, uh, the, the weeds with uh, a couple of kiddos now, so I've been, I've been kind of radio silence trying to to, to manage everything, but been pretty good. Been pretty good. Yeah. It seems like each time we talk, you have another kid. <laughs> I know. Not, n- n- no more. I'm, I'm like a, about to go in for the old snip snip, like a pound dog. <laughs> but I'm, after, after two, I'm like, this is hard enough, but it's fun. I'm not talking bad about them, but yeah. Of no more course. kids for my collection. We're done. Okay. Okay. How old is the youngest one? The youngest is three months old. Oh, okay. Three months. Three months and then a year and a half. So we got two under two, which is basically everyone thinks we're fucking crazy, which we kind of are, but yeah, whatever, we're done. <laughs> I remember last time we spoke, um, I don't know when that was, uh, when we did the last podcast. Um, but I feel maybe, like it's been almost like every 12 months, give or take, pretty close. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. You were telling me you were having um, 
a bit of uh, sleep deprivation. Oh yeah, big time. Our our youngest just started sleeping through the night like last week, and I get I keep waking up every morning and being like, oh, I'm gonna get caught up in sleep. I'm gonna get caught up in sleep, and hasn't quite happened yet. But we're <laughs> close. I'm going on vacation tomorrow night for five days, and without the kids, without the wife, it's a bachelor party. So I'm like. I am going to sleep so damn much, but let's be honest, I'm probably not. <laughs> Full on, man. Where are you going? Yeah. Uh, we're going to Colorado in the mountains, and we're going to do some fly fishing and some brewery stuff. And it, it's much better than the typical Vegas, at least United States, Vegas bachelor party. It won't be like that, but... That'll be really cool, man. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Nice little unwind. I've been, I've been blowing going hardcore for a while, so I'm ready for a little break. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that'll be that'll be fun. Yeah. So how's uh, how's trading been this year? I mean, we're what are we like Dude, five <laughs> months in now? What's up? Yeah, uh, we're about close to yeah, almost done with May. Um, I've been I've been on a heater since like last October. Coming into May, um, just pretty consistent, pretty awesome. Um, I mean, I don't really like want to talk about it on the podcast money wise specifically because um, I'm trying to kind of stay away from that, but. I took my biggest intraday or biggest daily loss ever today at uh, $8,200. So market's kind of telling me to, and I took a, a pretty, I was I had an intraday drawdown of about $16,000 last week. And uh, it was an illiquid stock that I got too big in. And I ended up wiggling my way out for like a two and a half thousand dollar loss. Should have taken the, the, uh, the sign, but I kept pressing and I, yeah, I fudged up today, but looking forward to the vacation. I think I just need a little, We'll break. Wow. Okay. So you probably didn't really want to talk to me today. <laughs> no, I mean, no, it's, I, you know what? I knew it was coming. Let's be honest. Like, you know, I, it, it happens, right? It's part of trading. So, um, I've been, I've been going hot, trying to press size, press size. And then I didn't see this, the signs to, to, to back off. And I kept pressing and clearly it's just signs to say I need to back off. And I didn't, I'm still up on the month. So, you know, whatever, but yeah, I mean, Hey, I knew it was coming. <laughs> well, that's nice to hear you've had a had a good start this year. Yeah. Why do you think uh, you you had that that biggest loss today? Do you think it's purely just a factor that you're trading? You've been trading a bit bigger lately, or um, yeah, hundred percent. I looked at it over again. I looked at it four, five, ten times a day. It was valid. It was valid. I just took way too much size, and the market's not risk on right now. Um, so I need to be able to get better at identifying like, okay, I'm allowed to size up. Like I've, I've earned it, but it's just not the time to size up. Um, and that's kind of where I screwed up. I put on a lot of size liquidity wasn't there, tried to start selling some. And then it just started every time I was selling, it was like, they, 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 they knew they had me or somebody on the other end. So they just kept pulling in there. I couldn't get out. So this, the trade was valid. I just couldn't get out where I wanted to. So if it, if it was like two months ago and it took that much size, I probably would have been a huge win. I've had plenty of wins that are much bigger than that, but it just, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So. Oh, expansion, eh? Yeah. It's just what happens, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's a part of the game, right? I, I avoided it for a long. I only had two losing days coming into this month and like the biggest loser was like $150 in a day. And I'd just <laughs> been, I'd be running really hot and not taking losses and being able to wiggle out of everything and couldn't wiggle out of it. And I wiggled out last week, right? So I think that also, you know, perfect storm wiggled out that I could wiggle out today and I couldn't. So um, just telling me to, all right, let's go back into cut size, grind back, and then we'll push when it's time to push. Right. And what have you been trading lately? Like what's been hot? Small caps. That's what came into the year really hot. Um, into last year, obviously, we shit the bed in the markets, but um, the bounce back, there's a lot of risk on. There's, it's been pretty good, but right now it's, I think, I think we're kind of in like a, I bet we're probably going to chop through this whole summer and just kind of not do much. So I remember last time we did the podcast, um, it was just coming off the back of the um, uh, sort of the crypto bubble. Yeah. And I remember you'd been talking about trading a lot of the, the crypto uh, sort of related stocks. Uh, how have they been going lately? They, I mean, they follow right directly with crypto. So there was, they hadn't been doing shit till probably, I don't know, what was it like a month ago when you know, we started perking off 3000 on Bitcoin. And uh, yeah, I got some pretty good trades off of them, but, um, I just think that, you know, everyone's so butthurt probably from losing, uh, a while back that no one's being really aggressive with crypto right now. Um, at least from what I can tell, I'm sure if you're actually trading the coin, there's a lot of volatility and stuff, but, um, yeah, when that presents itself, it's it's a it's a green light go. 
Um, it just hasn't, hasn't had a lot of the, the momentum that followed through into the actual stocks this year. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. Cool, man. Well, let's get into it. So, you know, the, the format of this podcast, I guess, is going to be a little bit different because right. I guess it's not so much about uh, you or, or myself. It's really about, well, let me just get right to it. I received an email um, a couple months ago, you know, recently, and it just kind of stood out to me. And I thought, this is a, this is a really good email. It's really nicely written. Uh, it's very genuine. And I feel as though it's quite relatable to a lot of people who probably listen to this podcast. Um, and the, this uh, person was asking a question. And instead of just giving an email response, um, which I'm often pressed for time, so my responses are normally quite rushed, I felt as though it's deserved a little more attention. And I thought that you'd be a great person to answer this question because it's very fitting. So let me just read through this email. It'll take me about a minute or two. Um, and then we'll, I reckon we break it down a bit and kind of flesh out the different parts to it. And um, yeah, go from there. So the, e- so the email says, Hi, Aaron. Hope this email finds you well. I'm sure you're no stranger to constant messages of thanks for all your terrific content, but I wanted to chime in as your podcast has truly been a turning point in my life. At 38, a father to three young children and stuck in a career in banking, your step-by-step interviews with industry leaders has inspired me to actively pursue my passion for trading. More importantly, though, your interviews have provided me with key directions and access to great minds and advice that I otherwise wouldn't be able to access. So thank you. In a bid to actually move out of my current and long-term banking role, could you point me in the right direction? I would absolutely love to make the transition this year. However, we have a young family and my wife is still uh, completing her degree and training. As such, my salary is our lifeline. In between studying for a Master's of Applied Finance, I'm on the podcast Spark Trial Platform, reading Bella's One Good Trade and The Playbook and your own ebook, Grow or Die. But I'd be forever grateful if you could recommend some actual steps that I could take to get the knowledge behind me and start doing the trades. I also reached out to others that you have showcased and who fill my Twitter feeds. I was seeking mentorship and hoping to learn through an apprenticeship, but no luck, and even told that this was a myth, sadly. In your opinion, do you think that with little startup capital moving from my current position in commercial lending to a prop firm to learn as a graduate would be a useful move, and in doing so, are you in the know to recommend any at all? Thank you for taking the time to read this, Aaron. I know how insanely busy you must get, and I really appreciate any advice you can throw my way. Look forward to meeting you in the flesh at a trade catch-up one day also. Uh, and we'll leave the gentleman's name anonymous. So there it is. That's the email. Like I mentioned, I think you'd be a great person to, to speak to this, Alex. So I've kind of looked over this email last night before we uh, got on this call and sort of broken it down into a few different parts. I think that's probably the right way to go about it. So what this this person is kind of looking for is some, I guess some ultimately, how can they get out of their full-time job and, and go and transition into full-time trading? It does sound as though this person doesn't really have a lot of trading experience like they're quite new to it all I sort of get the impression they maybe haven't taken too many actual trades um, but certainly very interested in it and would like to leave a banking career for a full-time trading career so they asked for some actual steps and I quote here actual steps to get the knowledge behind me to start doing the trades what that kind of says to me is what steps can they take to become profitable? So let's just start right there. What are your thoughts on that, Alex? 
the way it's going to work and the steps are going to be different for really everyone, um, depending on so many different factors. So there's, there's a lot to look into it, but just as the simple of, of going from not taking a lot of trades to, to becoming potentially profitable. Um, you know, it's, it's, it really comes down to, to, to trading, right? I mean, it's as simple kind of as that you're going to have to, it's a, it's a trial and error and you've got to learn a lot. Um, as far as, you know, are there specific, specific steps you can take becoming a profitable trader? Um, I think a lot of it's in the front end of, of, of building a really good foundation. Um, you know, if you're going to, if you're going to be I know he said he was using Spark. I don't know if they have a demo platform. Uh, and there's a lot of debate between using going demo to to live trading. But um, you know, it, it really for demo, I, I would think that you kind of just it's how you would learn your platform. Um, but as far as as actually starting trading, um, start to start trading really small, um, and then build processes to protect yourself. So so kind of uh, setting loss limits, things like that. But but. But what I think would be best for this person that's sending an email is to start taking trades and tracking uh, the results and seeing does he does he have anything does does what he's what he's thinking about maybe if he's what kind of stocks he's or options or futures or um, planning on trading trade and see if there's any kind of click there is there any kind of flow um, and really try to find something that suits suits you but um, as simplifying into steps. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's so broad and, and everything you trade is gonna be so specific, but yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure how to answer that one exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well, this is one of the things I was going to say to you is I know people like to think about things in steps, um, right. and it kind of makes for good articles online and, and that type of thing. It, it's a nice heading that makes people want to click, but in some ways I kind of wonder if trading can actually be simplified enough to be broken down into steps. Like, is there such a thing as a step-by-step process for um, how to become a profitable trailer, trader? Because, you know, one of the things you just said there, a lot of it is trial and error, especially upfront. One of the things, I guess, it kind of sounds as though this person might be asking about is what type of things should they be trying to learn about? Like, what should they be trying to work on? Yeah, I mean, right off the bat, <clears throat> I think everyone thinks of how, how much they can they make, right? Um, that's pretty much why anybody gets into trading is, you know, they see profits or other people making a lot and they think, how can I make a lot? But really, whenever we're starting, it's it's get in there, take a lot of trades and and just really manage risk. Know exactly what you're willing to risk on all these, on all of your beginning trades. Trade like as small as you possibly can, you know, one share, 10 shares, whatever, um, just to get the, the feel going, uh, get those emotions kind of practiced and, 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 and be in the market and see how it feels and how it moves and how it reacts. Um, but what I would, what I would say is, you know, off the bat, um, really, really try to set up a, a, a foundation or to avoid the big blowups and, and with time. And once you take enough trades, um, it, I mean, pretty much anybody you talk to knows that you just, you, you see all the trades and you can see what's going wrong. You can see what's going right. And it's at least gives you somewhere to start because I think most people who start trading, including myself, when I jumped in almost full time, when I jumped in full time, I, I didn't know much, but you have to throw yourself in there and, 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 and learn. Um, it's really, you know, you can read a book. Um, you can, like you said, you can see a, a site that has, you know, step-by-step checklist, but, um, it's, it really depends on your personality. There's so many different aspects that it's not, it's not as clean cut as that. And, um, you know, there are, there are really good books out there that I, you know, have a couple on my blog and I know that we spoke last time and you asked what I, what I read and my mind went blank. But, um, you know, in my opinion, the further you look back, something like trade your way to financial freedom, I think it was by Tharp. It does kind of have a step-by-step of what you should do, but it's kind of geared towards swing trading and it doesn't really go into a lot of day trading, but it doesn't, it doesn't matter all the foundations the same. Well, what do you think about someone who's in, in this particular situation? Like he says, he's about 38, um, has a wife, three kids. Um, I don't know if he says he has a mortgage, but he obviously has responsibilities and pretty much his uh, salary is supporting the whole family at, at this point in time. Yeah. Yeah. So there wasn't enough information to make like a, yeah, man, you can make the jump. Um, you have it all lined up right there. 
But do you think someone in this situation is is probably best to begin trying to um, swing trade? Because the the because he says he's um, been uh, experimenting with Spark. So Spark is a platform for um, viewing Australian equities. Okay. Um, which I know you already know that. I'm just pointing that out for the listeners. I take it that he's focused on Australian equities, um, which probably means he's living in Australia and he has a day job. So right. that makes it difficult to day trade. Do you think someone like this should maybe spend their time and effort on more of a swing trading approach? Definitely. While they're working full-time, I would say swing trade. That way you can at least get a feel to start to trade. There's no way you can manage a trade, day trade, while you're working a full-time job. It just, just doesn't work properly. You can't, can't scale that. But I, you can get practice by swing trading. Um, and it's kind of like, you know, the, the hot thing to talk about right now is like a side hustle, right? Everyone talking about starting up side hustles. Well, this can kind of be a side hustle, um, where you can, where you can practice, um, see if you can at least build some confidence and momentum before you make the, the, the full on jump. Because, um, I, I've kind of seen where he, I, I, I made the jump when I was 24 and I didn't have kids and I really didn't have a lot to worry about, but I also know where he is now that I have two kids um, it's much different just to say, yeah, man, just jump. Um, you'll figure it out. And if you don't, you know, what's the worst that can happen? Well, unfortunately you have a family, you know, you need to be, um, somewhat responsible for that. So, you know, do you have any savings Do like a safety net, um, built in there? Can you, if you were to jump in full time, could you live without an income for, you know, six months? Um, that would be really important because it, that is, if you want to make the jump directly from working to full-time trading. Now, if you want to work on the side, it, it frees you up so much to, uh, to, to take losses and it's not going to wreck you because you still have your full-time income. Um, and then, and then you can really work from there and kind of, and, and build your base, your foundation, uh, and your knowledge while you're working. What are your views? Cause you're someone who's an active day trader. What are your views on swing trading as an approach to, to trading? Like obviously there's the pros and the cons, if you want to compare it next to day trading, what are your thoughts on that? Like, do you, do you feel as though it's a valid sort of way to learn about how you can make money as a trader? Oh, 100%. I, when I, when I, I, that's how I started trading was swing trading. When I was working full time, I was swing trading. When I got into trading full time, my plan was to be a swing trader. Um, it did not work out for me, but that doesn't mean it doesn't work. Um, the reason being is I really, I am such a cautious um, person that that holding positions overnight, I would just lose sleep. I would be on the message boards all night and, and checking things out. Um, but it doesn't have to be that way. It's just the, the way I personally am. So I, I made the transition over day trading. But um, no, swing trading is completely valid. Um, I, I'm sure people probably do way better at trading um, via swing trading than I do. But um, no, it, it's, a, it's a good way to, to, to start. But at the same time, if I could go back in time, I would have tried to focus on day trading earlier just because that's where I ended up and that's what worked. But for some people, swing trading will work. If you, um, if you're more of a person who likes, who doesn't like to be in the fast pace and the, in the rush and the news and every, everything, everything in the short term matters, um, then you can widen your time frame out, be a swing trader. Don't worry so much about the, the small moves, each direction you're looking for a bigger target. And it, and that's, and that's your mindset. That's your mind frame. What do you think? Now I know, you don't do much swing trading nowadays. Are you always flat at the end of each day? Uh, I am, yes. Okay. So, let's just say this person is going to consider swing trading. What do you think might be some good skills for them to try and develop? Like, what sort of things should they be looking for? Now, I'm not saying maybe should is the wrong word, but what are some ideas? Yeah. So, so the thing that I've kind of, you know, a light bulb that's gone off at, at some point in my career was that uh, things that have worked for, you know, hundreds of years will probably continue to work. So certain patterns that have, can, that have worked. Um, and I know we've talked about it in the past and kind of what I look for as a, as a long bias trader, things like flags and pennants and, um, and certain setups that happen on all different timeframes. Uh, a flag can happen in a one minute, a five minute, an hour, daily, a weekly, they happen in all different timeframes. So, so really starting to learn, um, how to spot patterns, um, that is if you are going to be a technical trader, um, which I assume probably most people um, are according to what this person is talking about. If he's talking about a prop shop, it's usually technical trading. Um, so, 
so look, learning patterns. Um, and then, I mean, really important is as simple as just support and resistance. Where's support? Where's resistance? Once you can just start creating a catalog of seeing how support and resistance works, it's kind of the, the foundation of, of, of trading. It's built pretty much every, every strategy is built around that. So learning uh, where support is, um, that way you can start managing, work, managing risk. And then once you learn where resistance is, you can start learning how to, to sell better and better exits. Um, but it's just going to take a lot of, of repetition, a lot of seeing the patterns over and over and over again and how they play out. Um, that's, that's how I would recommend for somebody with swing trading or day trading or, or whatever you want to trade or however style is, is really start with the basics and, and look back to what's worked for a long time. Um, cause we, cause we've seen these things play out for, I mean, as long as we've had charts. <laughs> yeah. And what would be your suggestions around sort of how many things you try to focus on at, at a given time? Um, and when I say things, I guess I'm talking more about, you know, if you want to use the term setups, like how many setups should you focus on at any given time as maybe someone who's a swing trader? So as a swing trader, you've got to bear in mind that you're probably going to get you kind of you're going to be trading less frequently typically than an intraday trader. Yeah, so this is something that I've talked about with other other traders that have have made it longer term or or seen guys that have been consistent or or lasted for a long time. Um, pretty much across the board, everybody recommends finding your one setup in the beginning. Um, people try to create these massive playbooks before they're even consistent, and that's that's really not helpful. At all because you're just shooting your bullets everywhere it's hard to track it's hard to learn when you're just trying so many different things um pick a pattern something that has worked over time that that you know consistently works and a lot of it's about trust you have to trust these patterns you have to have been in them you have to see how they play out find one thing that you can get really consistent with and then use that to build off of um i didn't do that for, unfortunately for the first probably a year or two, I was all over the place shooting everything. And, and that, and that held me back. But once I kind of found my bread and butter, my thing that I could wake up and every time I saw, I thought, okay, at least I had a shot. Was it going to be a winner? Not always, but I had something to build off of. Start with one thing. And as soon as you get good at it, you can either just try to get amazing at it and focus on that one thing, which you see a lot of really good traders do one pattern that they are just amazing at inside and out. I mean, heck, you got some guys that only trade one stock or one futures contract. Um, and they know that inside and out, but then, you know, the guys that can do it all, uh, that can long, short, uh, options, futures and do it all. Now they more than likely started with one thing and started building from there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Will said, man, are you a developing or seasoned day trader who trades the U S markets? Is the only thing stopping you from getting to the next level is having enough capital to trade? Trade the Pool is a unique online stock trading prop firm that funds stock traders worldwide. Not having to risk your own capital can help you focus on other things like making better decisions on your trades. There's no PDT rules to worry about. You got more than 12,000 stocks and ETFs to trade, long or short, and professional tools at your side. How you get funded is you show them your skills through a straightforward evaluation process. Once you pass the evaluation, you get funded and trade with their pool of money and split the profits. Don't let the lack of buying power, capital, or fear of losing your own money prevent you from taking your trading to the next level. Visit tradethepool.com slash chat to learn more. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Now, let me just throw out an idea. If this person is interested in day trading or trading more actively, how about trading the crypto market? Because... I've often suggested this to some people who say they'd like to day trade, but they have a day job and it kind of rules that out. I feel as though the crypto market could be a fairly good learning ground for someone because it's easy enough to access. Um, you can start with 
small amounts of capital um, and there's quite a bit of volatility, especially at the moment. And, and that it trades 24-7. So, right. you can, you know, maybe – I don't really know what it like if there are active hours in crypto, if it sort of dies off between certain times or, or what. But, you know, maybe if you have a day job, you can come home at night and for three hours between this time and this time, um, you can trade crypto or – I don't know. What do you think about that idea? Yeah, I mean, it would be something kind of similar like trading futures, which are 24 hours. They they definitely have. And I, from what I've, I have never personally traded crypto itself. I've traded the, the, the equities that are related to crypto in the U.S. market. But when you look at a crypto chart, you can tell that there are periods where different countries are mainly uh, awake, that there's a lot of volatility. So, no, I see what you're saying, because you could you could go to work and then come home and then practice day trading uh, on an instrument that maybe has a lot of volatility or liquidity at the time. Um, yeah, I mean, I've, I've never really thought about that, but no, it, it sounds like a, a valid idea. It, that is, if you want to get, you know, in the fix of it all and, and, and really watch, you know, order flow and, um, and, and see how things move on shorter timeframes. Yeah. Finding something that, that, and, and I know, um, there's other people that live in other countries that after they get done, I know some Aussie traders, um, that I've seen on Twitter that they trade the U S markets, um, whenever they're not working. So, you know, you could also look at something like that where you can trade away from work and, and treat it like a real job. Yeah, that's tough. I got, I got mad respect for anyone who's in Australia trading the US market because those hours are, are not friendly. <laughs> yeah, or, or, your, or your buddy Nick, uh, who you've had on the, um, the podcast before. He lived in the States and trade Aussie markets. Exactly, yeah. So, I mean, it, it's doable. Um, would I want to do it? Hell no. But, but if that's, if that's, you know, if that's what it takes and you really want it and you want to get the practice in, then, you know, sometimes you got to do what you got to do. Now, one part from this email, which I think we should, um, zoom in on, uh, he said something about, let me pull up the email. Uh, I would absolutely love to make the transition this year. Well, we're in, we're currently in May. Mm-hmm. So, what's that? There's about seven months left of this year. What are your thoughts on that? I think it's a little bit naive. I mean, look, anything's possible. We've, we've seen the outliers out there, um, so I don't want to say it's not possible. But it you're you're just giving yourself uh, such a low runway that to, to get it figured out. If you've got one bullet to, to give it a shot, um, I would, ha- knowing what it's like to have a family, I would make sure I was more prepared before I made the jump. But it's not to say that he, he couldn't just bust his ass and get it all figured out, which is, which is, which is possible. But realistically, I don't, I don't know what the actual numbers are. I know we, we've seen them all thrown out that like 90% of traders don't make it for past three years or something like that. What can you do to not be in that 90%? <laughs> yeah, I think, uh, I don't know. I don't know if you can put like a, a time frame on it like that. Like, I don't know if you can set a time frame for yourself. Like, I, I need to transition this year. So, I've got seven months to do this. I think everyone's just different. I know it sounds really cliche, but it it's just the way it is. I think, you know, it'll, it'll happen for you when it happens almost. I, I kind of think of it like a lot of people always ask, when do I size up for people that are trading? Um, when do I size up? How do I size up? And, and the one thing that I, I've kind of spoke with other people and I've thought about before, it's not really, um, it's, it's not like really, there's just like a time frame. Like you can't say like six months, kind of like some, like he's saying, you have to earn it. Um, you have to, you know, have proven consistency. You have to, to know, uh, what you're doing before you can up your size. And I'm assuming it probably translate to making the jump. You should know, you should feel comfortable and confident. Um, before you make that move. And if you're not comfortable and confident, I probably would bet that your trading will reflect that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he also pointed out in his email that someone had said to him that it was a myth that he'd be able to do this. I don't know if myth is maybe the, the wrong word, but um, meaning that the, the likelihood of him being able to sort of leave his current situation uh, or not leave his entire situation, but leave his current job and transition to full-time trading. 
at 38 with kids um, who's dependent on his salary, et cetera. Um, how realistic do you think it is that, you know, this person may be able to do that? Yeah, I mean, I would say the myth more, more or less is the fact that um, the lovely uh, Twitter and, and all sorts of marketing makes you think that, you know, you, could, you can just buy a system and it'll work or, or you know, something. It, it, it's a, there's, a, there's a simple way to make it work when, when the fact is it's not a simple way, but it's possible. Um, so I don't want to say it's a myth uh, being able to make it, but it, it, it takes a lot of hard work. And like anything, I mean, any business you start, it's not just going to just take off right away. Um, it's anything that you do, any sport you start, anything you, you start is it's possible. If I start playing golf tomorrow, am I going to be a pro, you know, in a year? Probably not. Could I? Maybe. So yeah, I wouldn't say, I would say making it is not a myth. It's just very difficult. And obviously the numbers show that. Mm. And the other thing you pointed out as well uh, through the email was, uh, you know, by the sounds of it, he'd like to find a mentor of some sort. Uh, he said even learning through an apprenticeship. Well, an apprenticeship, like a explicitly, uh, doesn't exist in, in trading. I guess you sort of learn through different different means. But what would you say to someone who's trying to seek out a mentor? I mean, you didn't really have a mentor as such, did you? No, I didn't. But I, hell, I wish I did. It probably would have. It would have cut the the learning curve down a lot. Um, I've spoken with guys who had true mentors. Now you've got to understand that there's air quotes mentorship and there's mentorship. Um, there's something where you can pay a fee and be mentored with a hundred to 200 to 300 other people, but you're not really getting personalized help, which is where, where it really benefits. Um, but I have heard of specific cases where people have gotten mentored right from the get go and it helps phenomenally. Um, either from a friend or family or, or, or something. I didn't any, know anybody personally who traded before I started. So that really wasn't an option for me. But I mean, I'm sure if you look hard enough in your network, there's maybe somebody out there who's traded or hell, who's even given it a shot and it didn't work and they can tell you what doesn't work maybe. Um, but I mean, it's, it, it's tricky to find good mentorship, but I imagine if you could find it, it would be extremely valuable, but you needed it to be more of like, one-on-one to like maximum one-on-four where it's very true mentorship. Yeah. And I would just like to emphasize the point you made there. I mean, there is, there is a big difference between mentorship when you're paying for a product. uh, I guess it's not a product, a a service online. um, And in comparison to like a true mentorship relationship. Oh yeah. Every time I see it, I kind of roll my eyes a little bit. um, Some of the marketing for it. Cause it's like, you're not, you, you're, you can't help that many people really well. And if you're going to try to be a mentor, be a mentor and focus on somebody, that one person, I mean, I, hell, I don't even have it in me. I don't have enough time in my life to mentor a single person because I've got enough going on with trading, family, friends, and, and whatnot. So to find somebody who can really dedicate time would be very valuable, but just be very cautious about that, I would say. I think what's also really valuable is just getting like some buddies who are into trading as well. Like I've mates here who, you know, we catch up, you know, go grab a burger and drink, you know, one night during the week or something like that, like that sort of thing. And, you know, we just talk about trading and whatnot, like that sort of thing is is so helpful. And I, I think a lot of people get caught up on this idea of having to find a, a quote unquote mentor which is very difficult. Um, not saying it can't be done, but it is difficult um, mm-hmm. because it's it's really a big ask on your part when you're asking someone to mentor you. Um, where it's it's much easier to you know connect with a few other people who trade and um, you know just speak to those people on a regular basis, whether that's once a week, once a fortnight, even once a month. Um, yeah. I think you'll gain a lot from that. And it's, it'll sort of more of a two-way thing. These people don't have to be gun traders, but just people who are, you know, good thinkers, um, who are, you know, actively trading, have a passion for it, very interested in it, and are keen to develop and get better. Um, you know, from having sort of a small circle of other traders who are doing that, and they don't even have to trade the same products as you. Mm-hmm. 
Oh, I, I 100% agree with that right there. They don't have to trade the same products. You have to trade because it's a different, it's a mindset and it's only people who have actually done it and done it quite a bit, understand it. But it's, it, like you said, it's so great to have the person who can, you can reach out to when you take a big loss and you're trying to explain it and you bounce ideas back and forth and you figure out, oh, well, this is what I did wrong. Probably more than I think a mentorship would, because somebody who's way who's who's way above you is trying to teach you, and they may have some. I don't know. It's probably hard to imagine what somebody who doesn't know what they know. I, eh, that didn't really make sense, but I know what saying. <laughs> yeah. So so I mean, there are people that I that I do talk to uh, probably weekly, if not more often. But whenever you know a big trade happens or a a big loser happens, that I can message them right away and we'll talk about it and high five or be sad or whatever because. <laughs> Because my neighbor is not going to get it, um, or my best friend who's never who's maybe has a few indexes or something like that isn't going to get, you know, the the ups and downs and the, the beat downs and the you know the the bad beats I guess you could say and things like that. Um, yeah, I think it's huge. I, it it would be very helpful. And I didn't have that early on because everyone that I was friends with, uh, I would talk to for a few months and then they would disappear, likely blowing up. <laughs> um, but it was still good to talk in the beginning. Just just to know that we're not all crazy, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. That that's half of it. <laughs> um, yeah. So I think I think what we just spoke about there that that was quite important. Don't get too caught up on trying to find a mentor right now. Um, I think there's more value, uh, or maybe I shouldn't say more value, but just as much value in uh, trying to get a couple buddies who are into trading as well. Yeah, definitely. And you guys can grow together. Um, and if you really if you got like three or four guys who really want it, I mean, that, that could be a pretty, you know, probably pretty helpful. Yeah, it's, it's pretty motivating. I mean, you can all kind of feed off each other's energy. Yep, totally. And I guess the final part of this email uh, leading on from the mentorship, um, let me just read, read out what he said here. Um, in your opinion, do you think that with little startup capital, Moving from my current position in commercial lending to a prop firm to learn as a graduate would be a useful move. And in doing so, are you in the know to recommend any at all? So I'd prefer not to recommend any specific prop firms just um, on the record. But I don't know. I have a couple of thoughts on this. I don't know if you want to maybe start, Alex. I, I didn't go that route, but it doesn't mean it's not the good route to go. Um, when I started, I honestly didn't even know what prop shops were. So, you know, golf clap to that guy. He at least he's more aware of that than I was. I think if you can get with a good firm and, you know, not recommending any, I've never actually seen any, like, you know, P&Ls legitimate. So I can't, I can't verify. But I think if you can get in with a good firm, now that's kind of maybe where you're talking mentorship there, where you have a, a group of people that are financially tied together um, and, and, you know, them helping you out helps their bottom line. And that's probably somebody who's going to help you. Right. Um, but I remember the last conversation you, I think you had a, a podcast a few weeks ago, um, with somebody down in Austin who said even at their firm, their retention rates like 13%. Yeah. Um, so it's not like that being in a prop firm is just going to solve all the problems and you should just jump ship and go over there. It's still going to be hard as hell, but yeah, I mean, sitting down with some, with a group of people that are trading actively and, 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 and getting in the weeds with them, um, that, I could imagine being pretty helpful and maybe if I could have done that earlier, it would have been nice. But at, at, at this point now, you know, I, I enjoy where I am. I enjoy, um, kind of, I don't know, learning by myself, but, but if you're more of a group person, I could see that being very helpful. Yeah. Now something I would like to point out, and I guess it's a little bit of a side note, but I think it's well worth mentioning, uh, cause a lot of people are unaware of this. I kind of categorize prop firms uh, as, t as two different types of prop firms. Okay, so there's prop firms where you come in and you trade your own account. You trade your own book. Uh, the firm's capital, uh, but you are responsible for your own P&L. And most of those firms, they don't pay a salary uh, and you simply – get paid when you make money. You take a split of your P&L. If you lose money, then you're losing the firm's capital and you don't get paid. Um, you've got to get yourself out of that hole, into the green, and then when you take a, um, you want to withdraw, you take a percentage, you take your split of the P&L that you've earned. 
and the firm keeps the other part for putting up the capital, the infrastructure, technology, etc. So that's one type of prop firm. And then there's also another type of firm. Uh, these firms operate what I would call more in teams. So, for example, I've had um, a couple members from DRW on the podcast in the past. You know, you've got your Virtues, um, Susquehanna, those sorts of firms. There's multiple teams within this firm and they trade. Most of them get paid a salary and a bonus. But most of those firms are also quite tech heavy. Kind of like black box style trading? Yeah, maybe not strictly black box, maybe some gray box. Um, but a lot of them sort of use it, um, are quite dependent on technology, um, like sort of quant driven stuff. Um, they do still have traders though. Yeah, I just think it's important that people realize there are two different types of firms out there because I think some people think when there's a prop firm, that purely means the only option is that you get a split of your P&L and there's no salary. There is also the other option where you're on a salary and then you get a bonus. I don't know when that is, every six months or end of the year uh, based on how your team performed. Now, your team might consist of some developers, uh, some researchers, some traders, you know, a quant, uh, someone who specializes in networking, that sort of thing. Those jobs um, are typically, I guess, harder to get and require you to have some sort of, um, depending on what the role is, to require you to have a, uh, you know, a master's degree in something or other or some higher education in specific things. Uh, whereas I guess traditional prop trainers probably, uh, there's the barrier to entry is a little bit lower. Um, mm -hmm. But there's also typically no salary that comes with that. So, you know, a bit of a tangent, but going back to the question, I think that's one thing you have to be very mindful of is that going by what is said in this email, I feel as though this person is probably more thinking about traditional prop trading. I think they have to be aware that they would likely not have a salary. Mm -hmm. so, oh, yeah. So having little startup capital, now I don't know what little startup capital means, but typically a, a prop firm is not going to require you to put up your own money. And I'd be a little bit cautious of any firm which does require you to put up your own money. Mm -hmm. um, so I don't really know how that plays into this question. I would more say that little startup capital should be, you should more be talking about having enough savings to support yourself while you're learning and trying to actually become consistent and actually be able to make money as a trader. Yeah, totally. I mean, you could either use that capital to trade your own book with, and then, you know, hopefully you still have it at the end or, or yeah, you could use that as, as your actual savings, what you live off of while you work for a prop firm and, and work your way through the likely or initial drawdown until you work your way out. I think um, one other thing is that try and do a little bit of research because the sort of the culture in prop firms, I think, varies quite a lot as well. Some are very focused on development. Some you're almost left to your own devices a little bit. Um, you know, you're given the, the capital and the buying power, the limits you need, and then it's sort of up to you to work it out. So, yeah, the culture does vary quite a bit from firm to firm. And I think a lot of people are probably scared to do this, but I think it's a very simple thing that you can do is just pick up the phone and call one of these firms. You know, if you're just considering, if you think it would be beneficial for you to get into a firm and you'd like to explore that option, just pick up the phone and, and make that call and try and speak to someone. I remember when I was working at the firm, we'd occasionally get calls like that. Um, most of them I would deal with. And um, I was, you know, I mean, I was always willing to, to help someone on the phone when they called up and sort of point them in the right direction and, you know, potentially speak with them, bring them in, see if they'd be a good fit or not. Um, and maybe sort of give some suggestions on where to go. So I feel as though if you, it shows initiative and it shows that you're actually making an effort and it kind of separates you from, I guess, most other people who might just send in an email. Like, there's nothing wrong with sending an email, but 
know, some of these firms might get quite a lot of emails and yours might get missed. So at least just pick up the phone, have a conversation with someone, see what sort of people they're looking for, what skills they require, um, yeah, who they're looking for and um, try and if it sounds like you may have some of that, then, you know, try and meet with them. I don't think it should be a, a, as daunting as what some people perhaps make it out to be. Yeah, I mean, I mean, for this reader, he's really got two options. <clears throat> go out on his own or go the prop route. And in his situation, um, it seems like, you know, if he really wants it and he wants to do it and he wants to do it in seven months, that potentially his best bet is to do the research and find a firm he'd be happy with and try everything he can to get in there. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Totally. Yeah. Cool, man. Well, I think um, I think we've addressed most of the points in that email uh, and we've gone for about 50 minutes. So I thought this would be like a, a short 30-minute <laughs> podcast. <laughs> I think we both thought that initially, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, let's leave it there. Uh, and hopefully there's been some, some good insights uh, from what we've discussed. Hopefully this has been helpful to uh, this particular listener who sent in the email and uh, anyone else who might be in that situation. Again, this is not to be treated as advice. It's just general. Oh, yeah. Um, no advice for me. <laughs> thoughts. General thoughts. Yeah. Let's call it that. Yeah, perfect. So, obviously, you're responsible for your own decisions. So, don't forget that. Uh, Alex, if someone wants to follow you, you are on Twitter. Do you want to share your Twitter handle? Yeah, it's uh, Tagger Trades, T-A-G-R Trades. Um, I'm... Like I said earlier, I've got two kids right now, so I haven't been very active. Um, but maybe I will again in the future. Who knows? No pressure, man. No pressure. We we got a third podcast out of you, so we're grateful. <laughs> yeah, it's our it's our uh, every year our, our annual podcast. Yeah, put in the calendar. <laughs> cool. <laughs> um, and and I will also mention if you want to hear more uh, from Alex, check out episodes one hundred and seventeen and one hundred and fifty seven. Uh, really great episodes. I highly recommend. Uh, you'll learn a lot from those. Alex, I appreciate you doing this, man. Um, thank yeah. you for fitting it in. I know you've got a busy schedule, so uh, we do appreciate it. Well, I hope it helps and I'll uh, talk to you in a year. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, man. All right. See you. You've reached the end of this episode of Chat with Traders. But rest assured, there are more episodes loaded with real market insight and zero hype on the way soon. So to stay updated with each great new release, subscribe to the podcast and iTunes. And we'd love it if you'd leave a rating and review. We'll catch you next time on Chat with Traders. Chat with Traders.